Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, back with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I'm good. I'm in a great mood to see you, you are, both Wow. Yes. That's leading with a great mood. I'm mm-hmm. excited. I'm excited. You're welcome. This. You're welcome. <laughs> it's, it's Rob. Let's be <laughs> real. Is. Return guest, Rob Kearney, world's strongest gay and world's strongest person that I know personally. How you doing, Fact. Rob? I'll take that. I'm doing great. Uh, life's really good right now. Uh, I'm in an off season right now for myself, which is a really nice spot to be considering all my athletes are not in off season. Um, so life's been good. Like I'm enjoying training, just having fun and yeah, life's great. Do you just look at your athletes who are like in the thick of training and prepping and just think like, ah, Oh, every, every day I'm like, I am so happy. I am just like training when I want. <laughs> Like I have a plan, but it's a very loose plan. I haven't lifted anything over like 60% in, well, gosh, since the Arnold in March. So what's that? Three, four months. Yeah. yeah. It is beautiful. My body feels wow. good. I've lost like over 30 pounds since the Arnold. Holy. Yeah. So is, is that allowed awesome. in strong man? You allowed to lose weight off season? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was also really just, I got really big for the Arnold. Um, I prefer you know, the term thick. thick. There was a few C's on that. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so it was, uh, that was honestly, my, my focus really was to just try to drop a good amount of weight and just kind of focus on my fitness as opposed to, you know, just being super, super strong. Plus I didn't want to be the stereotypical fat strength coach at the games mm. in August. So that's interesting. <laughs> I, I'm made of questions. I have lots of questions about how all of that works. Do you like build up a solid base of like overall general fitness and then you kind of like bulk and lift because ass moves mass? Is that like kind of how it works? Yeah, pretty much. And that's kind of like my, my entire like philosophy around strength is like the best way to build strength is with a really strong base of like work capacity and volume. Mm. And that's what I kind of do into my own training. And like, so like right now, like I'm doing two to three skier workouts a week, um, in my training. And then, you know, I do zone two, uh, at least a couple of times a week as well for about 45 to 60 minutes. So just really trying to prioritize like overall fitness, as opposed to just the pure strength training that I do once I have my competitions lined up and I start prepping for those. And then how do you bulk? Like, is it just like milkshakes and donuts all day? Like, what Please do you do yes. to be like, Please I need yes. to put on 30 pounds and get strong as fuck. Like, how does it happen? So it really, it's really funny. So like I have a nutrition coach and I shit you not. When I first got my nutrition plan from my coach, when we first started talking, he was like, what are like things that you, if you had, you'd be able to stick to this plan. Mm. And I was like, honestly, ice cream. Mm. Like if I had some ice cream in my plan, I know I could stick to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's totally fair. Yeah. I get that. The, the first meal plan I get, I get a pint of ice cream a night. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I get this come guy's number? Junior fire. Come man. over to Strongman. Oh my um, God. I want that in my life. Do you know what I need to send you? I need to send you. I do marketing for this company called Socket, and they basically make like koozies for like all sorts of different cups. And they, they amazing. straight up make an ice cream pint koozie. <laughs> I'm going to send them to you. So it was so funny because I text, like I tell Joey, like we got home from work that day. I was like, babe, like I got my my nutrition plan from Nathan. He's like, Oh cool. Like you excited. I was like, uh, yeah, 
I get to eat ice cream every night. And he goes, fuck off. No, you don't. I was like, no, look, look, look. <laughs> like I like showed him the, the meal plan. He was like, what kind of fucking nutrition plan is this? I was like, well, it's about to get me strong as hell. So I'm in. You're like, watch me lift a car <laughs> over my head. Thank you, Ben and Jerry's. What is your ice cream flavor of choice if you get to eat a whole pint at once? Hagen dazs Okay. Clean Cho- ingredients. I like it. I like it. Chocolate peanut butter. Ooh, solid choice. That's it. It's like always scratches that itch for me. Wow, you can you're New England. Like you're not, you're in not, bulk like a cat case in its Just like a Costco size, like yeah, you know? hell yeah. You, you're not catching grief from uh, the Vermont crew up there. You're not having Ben and Jerry's. Well, I mean, I do like Ben and Jerry's, but there's there's something about Ben and Jerry's that just makes you feel fat after eating it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, if you eat a pint of Hagen Dazs, you're totally cool. Because it's that's exactly just like, it, right. It's just it's just cocoa powder and and milk and, and no, um, that's a that's a real thing with ice cream. I don't know why it is or what the ingredient is, but we have a local place called Mitchell's, and it's awesome. Right? Ooh, I know Mitchell's. Yeah, 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 yeah. But same thing. Like it gives you this feeling like your stomach's about to explode. Like it's weird. And there are other ice creams that don't do that to me at all. You eat the same amount, you feel fine. I get mental it's delicious, but oh, kills me. So I bad. think it's just like all the ingredients of Ben and Jerry's. Like, don't There's get me wrong. Stuff, yeah. I love myself some half baked or fish food. You know, like I'm never gonna say no. <laughs> but when you're adding like the cookie dough and the brownies and the fu- and all that stuff, it just it gets a little heavy. Well, I'm jealous because I'm like I- literally counting out rice kernels tonight, making my dinner. So. <laughs> So Thank that's the problem. Much. So since I've been cutting weight, like I'm not eating a pint of ice cream right now. That's when I was like leading into the oh, Arnold and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. I'm eating 1600 calories a day right now. Oh, oh. welcome. Welcome to the lean side. How are <laughs> yeah, you no feeling shit. friend? That's how I've lost this 30 pounds over the few past few months. <laughs> how are you not um, grumpy as hell at 1600 calories? Holy shit. So the first few weeks were all right, fucking terrible. That's just the yeah. only way to put it. Yes. Um, <laughs> was like, cause I've been with my nutrition coach for almost three years and I texted him that like first or second day. I was like, this is the weirdest thing because in three years I haven't realized I've never been hungry because I've just always been eating. And now <laughs> with, such, what a concept. <laughs> with the calories so restricted, I'm like, Wow, this is terrible. Um, so the first few weeks were kind of rough, but honestly, like I've kind of gotten used to it and it's just kind of my norm. Um, now I, I, I say I'm eating 1600 calories, but I still get one or two cheat meals a week. Um, so that kind of levels out that deficit a little bit. So I'm not in such a massive deficit and, you know, withering away to nothing. But, um, so the, uh, <laughs> the, the cheat meals definitely help, but yeah, sixteen hundred calories a day right now. It's, it's that's br- wow. dude, that's brutal. Sixteen hundred is really low. That's like Survivor diet. Like you're getting a bowl of rice and some chicken. <laughs> I told Joey though, if um if I get a singular visible ab, I'm just burning all of my shirts. <laughs> I'm here for that. Hard. I've never. I've never had one. I've never had a single visible ab. So I'm like, you know what? If this happens, who needs a wardrobe? Absolutely. Well, you know they're under there, and you probably you'll get addicted if you see them. Like you see these uh, 
these linemen, you know, for the NFL, they get out of the NFL and they go lose a bunch of weight and then they yeah. have abs and then they stay that way because they get addicted yeah. to it. Yeah. You know? I still have a few years of competing left. So I think chubby Rob is here to stay for a couple more years. <laughs> Thick. Thick Rob. Thick Rob. Thick Rob. Thick Rob. I don't know. I don't know how you guys do it. I am just, I'm total shit in sticking to any sort of like nutrition plan or anything. We did that challenge at the gym last month and it went really well. And I was like, I'm going to like stick to this or stick to this like 80% through the summer. So I can kind of like just feel good about how I look and my performance. My performance has been like really good in the gym, like close to pre-baby performance, which has been like oh, yeah. kind of a goal, like to get back to some numbers and sometimes I thought I could really push. And so that was good. But like Matt's in the kitchen, like still on RP, still weighing, measuring shit. And I'm like, Fuck, that sucks. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry about your life. I'm going to eat this cookie. And I just cannot for the life of me, I'm like just struggling. So I commend you both because you'll both have visible abs. You both and Matt will all have visible abs before I ever have one. <laughs> hey, look, you gotta look, gotta look good for the games. Games are coming up. They're coming I know, up. I know. It is crazy to think that they're already all like what seven weeks away. Oh my seven god! Weeks. Yeah. yeah, that's gross. Yikes! We just got through semis, <laughs> right? <laughs> Dude, you have a bunch of athletes that qualified. Congratulations! Yeah, heck yeah! yeah. Thank you. How many Thank did you have you. total when it was all said and done? Seven. Damn. Just in the open. And then we also have some age group and adaptive athletes that are going as well. Um, Yeah. So we have, you know, Jason, Katrin, Amanda, Sam Quant. Um, Then we have Jake Douglas, who's over in Australia. And then we have Cole Greasaver and Christine Colenbrenner. So eight. Yeah. Rob, was semis for you just like constant stress, just three weeks of fucking stress. Cause I watch coaches and I'm friends with a lot of coaches and I do interviews with a lot of coaches and it's like, they're all your children and I can just see it. Like they're shaking and they haven't slept in weeks and they're just like panicking on the sidelines. Like what is that like? It's so funny that you use like, um, you know, saying that there are children. So like Amy Everett, our Olympic lifting coach, whenever we talk about our athletes, we always say the kids, <laughs> we always like, and they're like, Oh, how are the, how are your kids doing today? Like, that's how we refer to our athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, for me, it's weird. Like this is my first full, full year coaching in CrossFit, you know, like last year I had a few months leading into the games, working with Mal and getting her ready. And like at the games, watching her on that, um, that yoke walk front squat deadlift yoke walk, um, you know, event that was the most stressed I've been in a long time, you know, cause it was like, okay, we've done a lot of all these things this year. Um, I was a little bit more reserved cause it was, I had so much time with all of these athletes to where like, I felt confident in the work that we put in the work that they did. And now it was just time for like them to show it out on the floor and prove their fitness and their strength has increased. And honestly, like it was more like there was some nerves for some events, but um, you know, like watching Katrin do event number one and just manhandling that sled is something she could have never done a year ago. Um, you know, and she's really the one that I've worked with the longest, um, her and I have pretty much worked with each other since August of last year. And, you know, to really see everything come together so perfectly for her. And then, you know, 
obviously going from not making the games last year to taking second place in her semi this year. Um, it was just so, so exciting. And then watching Amanda's fitness get so much better. And Jason just, it was more excitement for me than it was nerves. Um, I think it was also because we kind of knew what to expect. Like we, we had our people that we expected to do well and they all did. And now these next seven weeks are when it's really going to come together. I thought Katrin seemed more confident to me than I've seen her before. And she's always had that kind of killer instinct, you know, like she's obviously a terrific competitor, but she seemed far more confident going into semis than I've seen her and, and throughout the competition continued to gain confidence, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, it was great. You know, her whole thing as she was, you know, leading into semis was like, she wanted to regain that love for competition again. And we started seeing that through the open and then quarters. And then I think, you know, once, once she got to, um, you know, to Pasadena and she got back in that, that arena, she kind of knew she could be herself again, Yeah, you know, and she came out hot and fortunately was able to like over the past year, she's grown so much and, you know, she's learned so much, but she still has that, that Katrin essence about her. So she brings all that experience and that passion for competing. And I think that's what ultimately led to her having such a successful weekend. For sure. I think too, like I've been listening a lot to her podcast with Annie and I feel like she's so open right now about, I don't know, just like the mental aspect of training and competing and also kind of just like these wonderful intimate details about her life and her mentality. And it's like, I don't know. She just, she feels so comfortable in her own skin and, and able to attack all sorts of different things mentally, physically that are put in front of her right now. Just, I don't know, all, all in all, not, uh, not sponsored, but plugging their podcast for (laughs) sure. If you haven't listened to it, especially if you're a woman in CrossFit and you haven't listened to it, it is worth going over there and hearing them out because the things they talk about and the way they express themselves is just, it's, it feels so strong in the space right now. And I feel like I could hear it in her voice in, in the episodes leading up to this competition season where I was like, Oh, she is like, she is in such a solid place. It made me really excited to watch her over the weekend. I thought, um, watching most of the hard work or or if not all the hard work pays off athletes, I think of uh, Jason Hopper, for instance, uh, when he hit the big snatch during the snatch event, Hell yeah! When he he stepped up to the bar, I turned to someone and I'm like, watch this because I've been watching kind of the online training with uh, Amy, who we had on the show, not that, you know, long ago. And I know her skill level and like he stepped up so confident. It was quick too. It was like, he only had a few seconds and he was so confident. You could tell he wasn't going to miss. Like he was just like, this is routine. How do you guys build that confidence in, in your athletes? Is it just the repetition of what you're doing day in and day out? Or is there like a, kind of a dedicated mindset plan that you guys have for these athletes? You know, I think that's one of the great things that, um, that kind of sets us apart from other, from other camps really is having such specialized coaches, um, you know, throughout our entire team. And, you know, with the kids being able to lean on myself for like more of those power lifts and then being able to lean on Amy for the Olympic lifts. And then obviously having Matt and, you know, Jake be our, like more, our CrossFit coaches. It's, um, I think them being able to hear 
from multiple people around them that they're doing everything right. And they're following a program that's put forth by some of the best coaches in the space. It's helping build that confidence in all of our athletes, you know, every single time they're in the gym, right. You know, because here they are training six days a week. Um, and they're hearing multiple perspectives from multiple people, but it's all really saying the same thing. And we're all really building them up to have that confidence. And, it really does go to like the training that we put them through is, is not easy. Like obviously to get to this level, it has to be hard, but um, you know, when you have the aspects of the CrossFit program that we put together, come together. So synergistically, I think it really just does produce what we saw throughout the entire semis weekends. Are you, are you excited to get to the games when you know they're going to get strong man events? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, honestly, that's been the hardest part about putting their training together right now for the next few weeks is like, all right, like we're probably going to see a yoke. We're probably going to see some version of a sandbag in what iteration of it we, do we don't really know. So it's okay. Like we need to be heavy, but we also need to be able to, we need to be light enough where they can still move it for some distance and, you know, playing with all those factors on top of everything else we have to be working on over the next seven weeks is, um, I, the the analogy I like to use is like a, it's a really big puzzle with tiny puzzle pieces, and the the final picture is white. <laughs> you know that's really right. what it looks like right now. <laughs> totally, and you know so. you also like there's there's stuff you can't prepare for because you know there's going to be some brand new rogue implement that no one has ever right. seen before that they made just for the 2023 games. That is like could be a CrossFit thing, could be a strongman thing, could be something randomly in the middle, like there's going to yeah. be something you just can't prep for. Yeah. So, you know, we've been throwing a lot of strongman stuff into it and it's, um, it's going to be great that, you know, obviously I will be there in Madison. So once one of those things comes up, you know, they have me to lean on to really kind of get that last minute tutorial into what is the best way to approach that implement. You know what I would I'd love to see? Oh, what were you going to say? Oh, were you going to say I, what you would love to see? Yes, I was. Oh, same brain, same brain. Right. Okay. You go first. All right. I want to see the log. That's my favorite. Hell yeah. I love that. Matter of fact, I watched Rob do that at the Arnold and it was awesome. Uh, And you killed that event. I might add. Thank you. Crushed it. I mean, it's a scary event when you watch it live. It's scarier live than on TV. Because when you see it live, you're like, holy shit, this thing could absolutely crush them. Mm -hmm. And, And if you think that when it's a strongman competitor where these guys are huge, imagine what it's like when it's Emma Carey. Totally, you know, for sure. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. Or, or or someone, you know, just anyone on the small show, even a Jason Hopper who's big. You know, it'll be scary to watch him do that. I I hope we get one this year. The sandbag was fun last year, but the log is really exciting, real fun to see. What was yours? What did you see, Nikki? I was just gonna say about the log. Like that was yeah. the crazy thing about the Rogue Invitational is when that got announced a couple of weeks before it, none of us were expecting a one rep max. You know, like right. in my mind as a strength coach, they're first implementing this this strongman implement. I was thinking log grace. I was thinking a log oh. ladder with, you know, maybe a lighter log to a heavier log. I never in a million years would have thought a one rep max. Yeah, they're log not afraid to grace kill people. Is cool, though. Yeah. It would be. It would be yeah. cool. Um, I was going to say stones. I would love to see stones because I think 
there are a million ways you can skin that cat, right? They could be heavy. They could go places, over places, under places. You could move with them, whatever. And I think that there's, they, they bridge a really nice gap between CrossFit and strongman. And I think that there are, but, but you need to know how the hell to handle them. So the fun that you say that that's funny, you know, Matt actually talked about like in his gym bag, when he was competing, he would um, actually keep a thing of strongman tacky in his mm-hmm. bag. Now tacky, tacky is what we use for Atlas stones, right? And like sticks to our hands and our arms so we can get a better grip on the stone. And he was like, cause he always had that in the back of his mind. Well, they might throw stones at us. So I want to be ready with this stuff because it's going to make it easier. So stones would be great, you know, especially imagine if they just throw like a traditional stone series in for these CrossFit athletes, you know, I mean, that's a cool thing about when we see there's so much similarity between the two sports. And I think that's, what's most fun about us being at the Rogue Invitational now is, you know, to see the excitement that CrossFit fans get for strongman events. And I could think of nothing crazier like Saturday night in the Coliseum. They have a stone run where it's a last, you know, like a last man standing event. You have head to head Mm -hmm. and then like, you know, losers slowly whittle away until you have a final two. I mean, there's so many really cool ways you could do that with that setup. Well, you guys heard it here first. I'm basically as smart about this stuff as Matt. Yeah. 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 There you go. We already already knew that, Nikki. We already knew that. Hey, listen, I feel like sometimes people don't know that they see me at the sidelines at these games or the events or whatever. And they're like, oh, this chick, she's like kind of pretty. And she obviously knows how to talk into a microphone. I don't think everybody realizes that I have been coaching CrossFit for 12 fucking years. Yeah. Do it on a regular basis. Like, Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? But anyway, um, I digress. I was leading all that into Rob. The last time that we talked to you, you had just started with HWPO. Like, I don't even know if you had, you had like just signed your contract. I didn't even know if you had like really stepped in and, and started meeting people or doing anything yet. And you seem like you are so settled, like you just comfortable, like this is your family now, like just kind of overall competition aside and qualifications aside, like how is this path going for you? It's so fucking cool, yeah. you know, because I, <laughs> I look at it as like coming into this role, I, I was, I've been a fan of CrossFit since 2009, you know, when I first stepped into my first CrossFit gym. And obviously like knowing who Matt is and, and knowing all this stuff and now to like be waking up every day and like, he's my boss and I get to coach literally the fittest athletes on the planet. Um, it's so, so fucking cool. And, you know, you talk about it's, it's crazy. Cause like, you know, I know like Matt and Sammy and the whole HWPO crew, like we always say like, you know, like it's like, we're, we're really just one big family. And like, that honestly is how it is, you know, like, Joey and I just went out like last month to Amy's house for a few days just to as a little getaway and just to go hang out. And, you know, there's not many like work friends you'd fly across the country for. And it's, you know, it's, it's really nice to like have these relationships and like just the way we support each other. And it's, it's really such um, an integrative team to where we're all working towards the same goal and none of us want to see any of us fail. So we try to do whatever we can to make sure everybody succeeded and doing the best job possible. And it's, um, it's so much fun every single day. And, you know, like there are some days that are chaotic and it feels like nothing can go right. And the athletes are having a horrible training day and our, 
you know, our membership um, customer service platforms like blowing up with 85 yeah. million questions and form checks. And, you know, but then like, I still have to have that moment where like, like it could be so much worse. <laughs> like, it's this pretty is cool pretty to get to do this. Cool. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, you know, like right now, Sam Quant's texting me probably questions about the accessories I gave him tonight for Fair. his tricep. Right. So it's just like stuff like that. It's like, yeah, it seems like a burden at times, but it's also like, it's just, it's unbelievable. Like being a fan of the sport for so long. And then, you know, also being a professional athlete myself and getting to work in this space. It's just, um, it's so freaking cool. I think it's rad to just the concept of having a full-time job within this space outside of being an athlete, because of course being an athlete is a full-time job, but, um, not as easily sustainable when it comes to like, you know, just paychecks and putting food on your table. And so finding a way to merge your passions and make that a part of your everyday life, I feel like is, is just few and far between in any of our niche sports truly. Yeah. And just, I think the way that HWPO went about it in terms of like really basing this company off of all of our members that follow our training on a day-to-day basis. Like, yes, it's amazing. The, the elites that we have going to the games and we want to support them and make sure that we're doing everything we can to make them better athletes. But the backbone of our company is really about the thousands and thousands and thousands of members that we have on the training app that are going through our training on an, on a day-to-day basis. And interacting with our community on, on circle and, and, you know, really just like having us to coach them as well as our elites. I think that's really why this, you know, company is so successful. Yeah. It's a really cool concept. Like, and it, it makes you as the expert and as the famous athlete, like so accessible, which is super unique, I think. And like, I remember when we first had Matt on, when he was like first really launching HWPO and I said something really stupid to him where I was like, I was like, but it's not, you're not actually like getting on zoom with these people every week. Right. Like it's not literally you fucking doing that. And he was like, yeah. Yeah. He was like, they, they paid for that. Like they signed up with me to talk to me about the program to, for me to check them for whatever. Like, yeah, of of course I'm doing that. Like I'm an idiot. And I was like, Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. So cool. I'm here for it. (laughs) It's just rad. You guys are so accessible like that. They roll deep and now they've got an affiliate, you know, at the Harvard Mm -hmm. baseball headquarters and, uh, it's cool, man. A lot of a lot of big things. We actually didn't bring you on to talk about hard work pays off. I know, not at, not at all, actually. Uh, <laughs> Nikki got on a couple minutes late. Uh, Joey's up with Grandma tonight, or he would be with us. He yes, couldn't, yeah. he couldn't make it, so That's got okay. called away to Grandma. So he's being a good grandson and doing the thing. So I'm sad though because I've never met Joey. I wanted to meet. I him. know. I was excited you to meet will. him too. You okay. will. He is. We'll he is again. coming to. He's coming to the games in August. Oh <gasps> yeah. So he's going to be there. So you'll get to, you'll get the full Joey experience. <laughs> I'm dying to know what that is now. What is the full experience? <laughs> Cliffhanger till August, John. Yeah, no shit. August. It Man. sounds sexual. I'm just saying that out loud. And I'm it's here for sassy. it. It's sassy. It's yes. sassy. I'm, I, I can handle sass. I'm good with it's the sass. Yeah, it's, it's sass and twerking. That's pretty much, that's the... Are we talking about me or are we talking about Jeff? <laughs> me either. So you're best friends now. That's that's all it is. Perfect. Yeah. Just to let him know that we're already besties. Sorry. Yeah. 
I mean, that's how that's how it was with him and Katrin. That's what he told Katrin before they actually met in person. So that's it works. Perfect. <laughs> how long have you guys been married now? So we just celebrated four years married this past March. Holy. Um, September 6th of this year will be nine years together. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Nine years. Most people get that 10 year itch. You got one more year for you got to get the itch. Oh, is that yeah, it? But I feel like yeah. after, after 10 years, like you're just in it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it. Yeah. He's, he's right about that. That's the thing. Like the, the numbers around 10 years, people get the 10 year itch. They go one way or the other, you know, but once you're at 10 years, you're usually in it. Usually. 10 yeah. years married or 10 years together. Cause I personally find it super annoying that your anniversary resets when you get married. Do oh, you? So- just do what the gays do. Celebrate both. I do. I totally do. <laughs> yeah. So is it is the itch at the 10-year married mark or the 10-year together mark? I would say together. I would that? say together. Okay, yeah, I would well, say I'm way together. past that. We yeah, I will will celebrate my nine-year wedding anniversary next month. Oh, that's awesome. And that's 13 years together in the fall. I'm old as fuck. Mm. Actually, I was also a child bride, so really mad okay. as fuck. Yeah. That's what yeah. that means. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bean and I are about to celebrate five years together. We're very happy. What? We're very excited. Nice. We're very excited. Uh, if you had a party, I would attend. I'll put a little hat on him. Send you a photo. It's gonna yeah. be great. Um, please do. I think that's an excellent celebratory moment. Well, we were originally going to have uh, Rob and Joey on because we wanted to talk about the relationship for Pride Month. We thought it'd be like really kind of a cool thing. And so we don't never really had that conversation. So I'm a little bummed. I'm not going to get it. So I'm going to get it in person. Yeah. In Madison, you guys can give me the whole uh, saga, but you can make up whatever you want. He's not on the air. So you can say whatever you want about Talk him. shit if you feel like it. Yeah. Loud. It'd be, it'd be totally fine. That's low hanging fruit. No, uh, <laughs> he's no, he's, he's fucking awesome. Um, so when him and I met, I was actually still closet. I wasn't even out yet. Um, oh, shit. How did you yeah. meet then? Sorry. Pause right there. The most romantic way possible. Grinder. Grinder. Amazing. <laughs> I'm here for that. Um, Good for you. So I was, you were like, I don't want anyone to know except the people who might be able to just, you know, Oh yeah. I was, I was totally the shirtless headless torso on, on grinder. And he was like, I want that one. He was like, Hmm, interesting. So, so that's how we met. And, um, so yeah, I was actually, I was still closeted. I was 22 years old, like really trying to figure out who the hell I was and what me kind of having this realization and starting this acceptance journey. And he was with me the entire way. And, um, so we met in August of 2014. We officially started dating September 6th. And then on October 20th of that year is, um, that was, so yeah, this is 2014 is when, um, I kind of, I was driving home from, from work one day and just kind of had this like overwhelming urge of like, you know what? Like we've been together for six, seven weeks now. We, you know, we are like, we're dating, and I don't feel like this is fair for this guy who's 22, who's been out since he's 17 to be dating somebody who's also, who's now closeted. You know, like I just felt like there was just a lot of like backhanded hiding that had to be done. And I just wasn't comfortable with that anymore. And um, so like I told my family, told my friends, was fortunate to have really great, you know, a lot of acceptance. And then October 20th of that year is when I officially came out. Um, 
And, you know, you want a, a way to put a relationship under a lot of pressure really quickly. <laughs> Do that and find out you're the only openly gay professional strongman in the world now. Um, because pretty much after that, we started getting t- like interview requests from like TMZ and BuzzFeed no, and like, yes. oh yeah, it was wild. I was like, well, uh, you're stuck with me now. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I don't think I realized that it, you guys had not been together all that long when you were like, you know what? But that yeah. must've meant that you felt something in addition to like, obviously wanting to be fair to your new partner. Like you felt something serious enough or strong enough in your connection to be like, you know what, this is the time. Yeah. You know, like he, he helped me on like my entire journey of figuring out who I was as a gay man, and like accepting myself for a gay man for the first time. And to have somebody there that like lets you do it at your own pace and is completely supportive of the decisions you make, but also pushing you in the right direction to like living your authentic life. Um, it, I, you know, it was just like, it was like you said, Nikki, it was like that, kind of like that, that connection that I just felt like, I don't know how much deeper you can get than this. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the cool thing is, is like, he's literally been with me my entire professional strongman career. Um, when we met, I was just getting ready for, I was actually cutting weight on our first date because I was competing at America's strongest man as a lightweight competitor, which in strongman is 231 pounds and under. Um, so, he has known me since my first pro contest throughout my wow. entire career, you know, going from a lightweight competitor all the way to, you know, competing at the world's strongest man. So, you know, he's, he's just like, he's such an amazing supportive husband who has like always pushed me to really like, and it sounds cliche and corny, but like literally like follow my dreams and what I want to do in life. You know, when I told him I wanted to quit my full-time job at a prep school to just be an athlete full-time, he was like, all right, we'll figure it out. You got this. Um, you know, and like, he's always been that person to like, give me that supporting, you know, shoulder to lean on and give me the confidence to, to go after it. And isn't that the basis, like the super solid foundation of a relationship in every single capacity? Like I can't think of a more extreme or important capacity than helping you as you kind of like define your own sexuality and what that means to yourself and also to your place in the world. But isn't that also the exact same foundation to like, like you said, your career or anything, any small, tiny little, the fucking cutting your hair, getting bangs, whatever (laughs) it may be like having a partner who is like, allows you to figure out your thing at your pace and is only supportive of that sort of like, regardless of the situation. Like, I think that might be the key to a successful relationship, regardless of how big or small the issue may be. For sure. And he's also a dumb bitch that does stupid shit that makes me laugh all the time. So, you know, you really get icing on the cake at that point. It really is. Glorious. (laughs) Hey, Rob, you mentioned um, he helped you through your journey of acceptance. Can you explain what that means to you? You know, I I lived 22 years of my life um, as a, a quote unquote straight man. I lived very heteronormative lifestyle. I, you know, I had girlfriends and, you know, it was, it was such a strange time in my life because it's so weird when you're, I didn't realize I was doing this until I had come out. And I had this realization that I was never truly able to be myself, right? Because as you're, 
hiding who you truly are, you have to like consciously think about how to speak to people, how you're going to react in your friend groups and how you're going to hold yourself, how you're going to, you know, how you're going to converse. And I never understood like, and realized how exhausting that can be. And Mm -hmm. when I finally kind of had this kind of awakening, this moment where I was, you know, was confident enough to look in the mirror and say, you know, I am gay. Um, it was one of those things where it's like, you have to come out to yourself and that's the biggest first step. And then you have to constantly come out. You know, it's something I didn't think I realized and something Joey helped me out on. It's like, you know, yeah, I came out to my family and friends that they know. And then I came out publicly on social media. But um, when I am meeting somebody for the first time, I, I'm very confident and, you know, in my relationship and as a gay man, and I'm never afraid, but there's always some, some level of anxiety in my mind when I have to mention, you know, oh, I have a husband, you know, because I never, I always have to think of how is that person going to react to me saying that luckily with my physical stature, it's usually never negative. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Someone would but, have to be truly stupid. To, but anyway, <laughs> but it still sucks that I have to get to that point, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. And I think every single gay man is at that point in their life where I am one of the strongest men in the world. And I am, a, I'm married to an amazing man and our relationship could not be stronger, but I still have that, that moment of pause. And I think that's something I never realized was going to be happening for the rest of my life. Um, And I think when I started to first come out and Joey was helping me accept myself and, and kind of deal with life and, you know, understanding, you know, I'm, I'm no longer going to have that, that quote unquote American dream, white picket fence life with a wife and kids and yada, yada, you know, my life is just going to look very different from that. Um, there was just a lot of things where I was having these realizations and like Joey was just always that reassurance, mm. you know? And I think that, um, you know, having that person was just really important for me being able to get the confidence that I have now in myself as, as a gay man. That's really interesting to me. I've never really considered um, how difficult it would be to have to constantly come out again and again and again and again to people you don't know, you know, like, and in thinking back, even at the beginning of your story there of having to keep it to yourself all those years, you know, tell me if I'm wrong here, but it it sounds a lot like when you tell a lie and then you have to compound that lie and compound it. And (laughs) And you got to remember the first lie to make sure that you're still telling the same lie. Yeah. 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 And then God forbid Oh, you know how hard it is to keep track of what girls you think are attractive when you don't think anything, any of them are attractive. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. Uh, have you ever seen the movie, the 40 year old virgin? Yeah. Where he, he's telling him he's had sex. He's like, Oh, I've, yeah, I've touched a lot of breasts. They feel like sand. That's what he kept telling them. They feel just like sand. <laughs> that must be what it's like. It really, yeah. It's so confusing and difficult. And, but you know, Luckily, I guess I didn't fuck it up too much. Although I probably did fuck it up because the overwhelming, overwhelming reaction from my close friends when I told them that I was gay, they were like, yep, kind of saw that coming. <laughs> 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 
the like, best. What gave I, it away? What was it? I don't know. It could have been the cheerleading from seventh grade. It nah. could have been the person. I don't know. The nah. obsession over ABBA and the Backstreet Boys. I mean, there's <laughs> well, a lot of Well, that just makes you sane, just true, for the record. True. I will say, my I, I do love like having my telling my coming out story to my mom because so like I wasn't too worried about telling my mom because my mom had, had has a gay sister. So it's like nobody gives two shits in my family. But obviously still like coming out is terrifying to your parent, to your family. So I, I went to my mom's house and I sit down. I was like, mom, like I have to talk to you. Like I have something to say. And she was like, oh, fuck, who's pregnant? Oh, I was no, like, not that. actually quite the opposite. I like men. She's like, oh, thank God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. Yeah, it was great. You know, and I will say, like, I, I feel bad stealing Joey's Thunder, but like his coming out story is one of my favorites as well. So like he actually came out to his mom in the middle of an argument. They were like yelling at each other. And <laughs> he goes, he, his mom was yelling at him for something. And he goes, is it because I'm gay? And she's like, no, but I've known that. And he was like, well, why didn't you tell me? Like, <laughs> And I think it's just like, uh, it's like, it's, it's fun for me to like, to like be able to have those memories of our coming out. Um, because it's just like, it brings light to such a stressful situation. It's just insane to me that this is like, that this stressful situation will be so pervasive throughout your entire life. Like it's insane to me that we care so much about what people are doing with their dicks. Yeah. <sighs> I care for what real. I'm doing with mine, Nikki, forever that's worth. <sighs> but I don't care what you do with yours. Like, that's just, that's like, point. I just. Uh... I, uh, we keep losing Nikki. She's got this shitty uh, connection and BFE that she lives in. It, it is an <laughs> interesting thing to me, but I understand. I Nikki and I probably are a little different on this. Uh, I think I understand how difficult it is, and it will continue to be. I don't think we'll ever get past this. I think parents most loving parents. Like if one of my kids came out, I'd be like, okay, what's next? Go clean your room. Like your room's not clean. That's what I care about. Like go do something with your life, go to college, you know? Yeah. And I I think, you know, most parents uh, that are loving are that way, but I do think um, society at large has been in such quote unquote traditional roles for so long you know, both, you know, culturally and TV shows and whatever, that it's just, it's just part of the fabric of our society. And it's going to be hard for that. It's going to take a long time for that change. Probably two generations. If I had to put a number on it, like it'll take a while before, you know, before it isn't such a thing, you know, you're right. But I will also say that, that the sneaking around and being like gay in the darkness has also been pervasive in our culture for millennia. So like it ain't new, it ain't new, but I also like take this with a grain of salt because I live in like a very insular, like East coast. Like this is, you know, I grew up in Boston. Like this is my life and my mentality forever. So like no shade people who are like slowly turning the corner, join us on the side of acceptance. You know, that's to be. That's like one of my favorite things, right? Is like when people say, you know, like, and it was one of the most, I actually think I still have the screenshot from 2014. I want to see if I can pull it up because it really, I do. It's literally the first photo in my, in my phone. Um, 
So there's when I came out, there's a strongman competitor who I'd competed with for five or six years. Um, he's a New England guy, and like so, I saw him at virtually every single show. And he goes, "Thank you, Rob. I just opened up Facebook for the first time in over a week and saw your status." I've been quote unquote anti-gay my entire adult life. I looked at you and thought if my friend who I admire and respect is gay, then I should admire and respect all types and kinds. I'm 37 years old. Thank you for opening my eyes and my mind. Good luck. I love that. You know, like that's the shit that is so cool. Like being able to have a 37 year old man, like be able to change his entire way of thinking around a certain situation. Um, just by somebody who he has known for so long, be able to say, you know, I'm gay in, you know, kind of take it or leave it. Um, that's really what is so cool about what I do now and being so confident in myself and my relationship. And, you know, that's why it is such a big part of who I am on social media, because I want to help start those conversations and help change people's minds and be like, you know what, like, yeah, like, you might have been told one way, but like, look at me. I'm one of the strongest motherfuckers in the world, but I'm also gay. Like, you know, it's it's really cool what people can see when you actually open your eyes and you don't just have the blinders on all the time. Nikki's distracting me coming in and out of the feed here, Rob. Like, she's got My all kind of problems. I'm I'm with you. You need to fun. get your you need to get your friend to go into the morning chalk up comment section today. Cause all those people are pissing me off, but I'm, I'm glad to know someone out there can change. I, uh, <laughs> what did the morning chalk up post today? Oh, uh, they, they posted. posted a thing today. The thing today was, uh, interesting. It was a little funny. Uh, Reebok just released a line of genderless. Uh, oh, I did see that. Yeah, I, yeah. Okay. I saw them post that. I didn't read the comments. Though. They had like 700 comments in two hours. Like, do, hey, it, it's you know everything it's you great. expect. It's great for their engagement. Good for them. Hey, look, I, it's funny you say that. I, Joe, the managing editor, I commented something under, he, he did a big paragraph, like berating everyone for all their hateful comments. And I appreciate him doing that, but I just went under his comment and I'm like, Joe, you know, better, bro. Like, you know, you knew this was coming. And so he texted me and I'm like, listen, Joe, here's what you need to do. You need to, if you want to stop the hateful comments, here's what you have to explain to them. Here's how social media works. Engagement happens when you comment on someone else's comment and the algorithm goes, hey, I'm going to now push this out to all of that person's friends. So every time you go in and make a hateful comment, it pushes it to all your friends, which is probably what you think you want. But here's the problem. Everybody has one friend, at least one. Some of you have more than one, but everybody has at least one friend that's a total crank, right? Just a total idiot, dumbass. Shouts to the moon, chases cars, listens to everything they can, gets all riled up on the internet on both sides of the aisle, by the way, liberal and conservative. Yes, I do that on the liberal side of things. Yeah, Yeah. it's not exclusive to one. Yeah, it's not exclusive (laughs) to, to one demographic here. And they'll go in the comments and they'll rail, right? Well, then the algorithm sends it to their friends. Their friends are reasonable people. And their friends will look at it and go, man. Joe Bob's going off again. What a dumbass. And they still love their friend because they're probably a nice guy or woman yep. or whoever, you know, but then they'll go follow and they'll engage. Right. And so now this post you hated that you were trying to shout down. Now all of a sudden is the Explodes. most popular thing out yeah. there. I built yeah. an entire social media presence on this theory. Trust me. It works. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. 10% of your audience to get the rational people. That's the way it yeah. works. But- you know, I guess just uh, just fundamentally, I'm like so 
bummed that that even became one of the big hateful spinoff posts because it's like, what, what the fuck do I care? What clothing line is available? If I don't like it, I won't buy it. Just it's a strange like there concept. Could be, there could be like a lot of other really important topics that people debate left and right. And like a genderless clothing line seems like cool. Buy it or don't. They also make pink shirts and red shirts and blue shirts and yellow shirts. Buy them or don't. Yeah. You know what, you know what yeah. I thought? First thing I thought, I looked at it and I'm like, heels from Reebok. I've had their lifters. They're trash. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know why why would i do that like i no. have a pair of reebok heels that i love they don't oh, make see? them anymore there was a, a line they did with alicia keys about a million years ago and they are called ah oh, what what the fuck are they called Ugh, it's killing me i have a pair they're awesome love them highly recommend for everyone <laughs> i don't know it just didn't feel like the battle anybody needed to be fighting generalist clothing I mean. like They've been selling unisex shirts for years. Like, That's, yeah, exactly. You know, I don't know. I, I, I didn't get it. It was very bizarre. So get your friend to go into that comment section for me, Robbie. Thank you very mm-hmm. happy. I got you. Do you guys do anything special for pride month? Is this the thing? Um, no? So it depends. Like in the past, like we have gone over to the UK and gone to Manchester pride before um, oh. this year we stayed local. So our local here, our local pride here in Northampton, Massachusetts, they have one of the first pride celebrations of the year in, in the U S. Um, and we're fortunate that one of our closest friends, she's actually, she runs the entire thing. So we did that. That was the first weekend in May this year. So we kind of kicked off our pride season there. Um, the rest of this month, we're actually staying pretty low key. Uh, Joey just started a new job. So he's kind of like diving full in on that. Um, and then we just have some like, family trips planned. Nikki will actually be down in your neck of the woods uh, visiting Stop my it. family because my sister lives in Westerly. So we'll be down there visiting. Oh my God. You have to tell me when you're in town. Not that you're like not very close to me always already. Yeah. <laughs> already. But you will have to tell me when you're in town because that would be, it would love to see you guys for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I Sorry was, um, I have, I have to say, I, I meant to send O'Keefe a message. Um, I was really, I love the video you made for Hard Work Pays Off, supporting the Out Foundation, uh, first mm-hmm. and foremost, and really impressed at how supportive Hard Work Pays Off was. Like, you guys are kind of a low-key company. I'm sure you know that. You know, you're like a no yeah. drama, like, and that's always been O'Keefe and Matt's thing. Like, they're never really in the comment section blowing people up and doing dumb shit, you know, except maybe that one time Matt went on Rogan, but otherwise, <laughs> nothing, you know? And as soon as I saw it, I'm like, man... Good for them. Like, you know, and so I guess the question and all that, like, you know, I think you even mentioned in the post, like how much pride do you have in your employer for that kind of support? Like, it seemed really amazing to me. Yeah. You know, it's really great. So like, first off, like kudos to HWPO just to kind of look at what we're doing and say, you know what, every single month we're going to align ourselves with a different charity and donate money and help fundraise for them. Um, And then on top of that, they wanted suggestions from their employees on what charities we should reach out to and support. So obviously with June being pride, I was like, listen, um, you know, we need to do something for pride. And, you know, it was kind of like, do we do the Trevor project or something else? Mm And, um, I've kind of worked with the out foundation on and off for years. And I was like, you know what? Like they're pretty heavy in the CrossFit space. I think this is a really cool moment for HWPO to kind of make their stand on where we stand on, um, on DEI issues. And 
it was met with nothing but yeses, you know, from O'Keefe and Matt and Sammy and, you know, all in Harry, you know, they, all of them were like, yeah, this is, you know, obviously something that means a lot to me as an athlete named the world's strongest gay, um, you know, activism and, and is a real big part of what I do as an athlete. So for them to just jump on board so willingly and, you know, kind of put their full weight behind it this entire month. Uh, it's, it's really just so special because it's just also reaffirming to me that I never have to change who I am just to be happy with where I work, you know, and I can always fully just be myself whenever I'm with them, uh, and never have to have that fear of thinking like, oh, well, how are they going to think about this if I do this? And, you know, what are they going to think about these decisions? You know, I mean, they were the, some of the first people I told I was going to color my beard as a rainbow and they were like, hell yeah, do it. Bring it on. Um, so, so it's really, it's really special to be working with people that, um, as I said before, they just genuinely want to see you happy and, and help support the things you feel that are important. O'Keefe is color, coloring his beard as a snowman, by the way, if you haven't seen him lately. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's really white. You guys are stressing him out. <laughs> you guys. It's he really makes white. fun of himself for it too, though. Yeah, no, I just I just saw him put something in a story about that. I'm like, bro, I, yeah. I feel you because mine's white as hell right now. <laughs> Rob, something something you said in there really struck me in that, like, you don't have to hide who you are for your employer. And it it breaks my heart to think of how many people do have to do that. Right. Not only are they maybe not totally secure with themselves and what they're going through in their life and how to present that to their friends and family, but all these other scenarios, like a professional scenario or whatever, do you think about the impact that you're making being so openly out and loud and proud, even with your friggin' Instagram handle? Like there are people who are going to see what you're doing, who are going through it themselves, but are still in the shadows or still in the closet. And that could be the inspiration they need to be like, Oh shit, I can do that too. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I, I never thought I would be that person for other people. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just fortunately what I've, what I've been able to experience on, in my journey as an athlete and just a person, um, it's just something that I'm really passionate about to help people on their journey as well. And, you know, we talk about like not having to hide yourself at work and like, you know, I, again, like I'm really fortunate, but you know, part of what I do on social media is like, I try to educate people on the state of what it's like to be an LGBTQ plus person in the U S right now. Um, and a lot of people don't realize that in over 20 States in the U S it's still completely legal to be fired for your sexual orientation. Right. What? So that is, you can, yeah, it's, it's not, we're not a protected class under some state governments. Um, so yeah, in over 20 states, if if you're gay, you could be fired, you could be denied housing, um, you could be denied medical care um, just for being gay. And I think like that's something that a lot of people don't realize. So the fact that I'm privileged enough to be in a to work for a company that not only supports me to be who I am, um, also so to, to support my my philanthropic missions and what I want to do as an athlete is um, I'm really fortunate, you know, and I, and I really do say it is, it is completely a privilege that I get to do this for work with this, with these people every day. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was going to ask a question. I think you may have just answered it, but you know, when you did that post for the Out foundation and I've known Will forever, who was the founder of uh, originally Outwad and they do great work. I've been, you know, done fundraising for them for years. And um, one thing I kept seeing that, 
came up in the comment section and has come up in many comment sections during Pride is kind of challenging that foundation around why do you have to find safe, you know, safe spaces is the word that Out Foundation uses. They're, you know, they're raising money to help uh, this community find safe spaces for fitness. You know, that's their mission. Um, but that's, I think that's the thing that people aren't educated on is like, why is there a need for safe spaces? Everyone views this community, you know, as, Hey, you come to my gym, you're safe. So what, what would make it unsafe or like, what are the, you know, what's kind of the underlying mission here of finding that? So I think the biggest thing is like, it stems from a lot of insecurities of LGBTQ plus people, because from the outside looking in virtually any fitness space is extremely intimidating especially as someone who doesn't know how to exercise or work out properly. Um, Think of your first time in the gym, right? Like you go into a gym, you don't know anybody, you don't know how to do these exercises. So um, if you're not at a CrossFit gym, if you're just at a regular gym, you're probably following a program that you saw online that maybe you have some pictures of how to do those exercises, but now you might have to ask somebody to spot you or ask somebody to show you how to do an exercise. And that in and of of itself is terrified. Now we have to add on to the layer. What if I am gay? Is a guy going to think I'm hitting on him? Is he going to not want to help me because of who I am? And, you know, a lot of people, you know, here's the thing is like a lot of times, yes, it's true. Like you can't see sexuality, but we all know there are certain traits that gay men and and gay lesbian women and, and trans people have that sometimes it is you can tell by, by looking at somebody or speaking to somebody and having those anxieties, they just get amplified as an LGBTQ plus person. When you're in a new space, trying to do something that's better for yourself um, to get fit and, and, you know, get stronger, but that will stop a lot of people from ever entering a gym is having those fears and, you know, kind of, you know, unfortunately, like giving into the perceived stereotypes of other people. <clears throat> what the Out Foundation is doing and why it's so important is because they're aligning themselves with a bunch of gyms um, and just also helping educate on what it means to have an inclusive fitness space, right? And that is educating your coaches, educating your members on the reason we're all here is to become better, fitter versions of ourselves, right? Like we're all here for the same exact goal. So your gender, your sexual orientation, none of that matters because we're all here to be better humans. And that's really the message that the Out Foundation is is trying to put out. And it really does align with the ethos of HWPO. And that's why I thought like the, the partnership of the two companies for this month just makes so much sense. And to see people question, um, you know, why stuff like that is needed, I always take a positive spin on it. And it is, it is blissful ignorance on their part. Right. And I'm not using ignorance as a demeaning term in that, in that statement. It is, they've never been, you know, they, or they've never seen an example like I just talked about, or they've never been in a situation where they might've thought that that might give some mighty anxiety, right? Maybe they're an outgoing person, so they don't mind meeting new people. Maybe their first introduction into a gym was with a family member or a close friend. So they had that person automatically to lean on to, to look for support and help them through their first workout. But as an individual LGBTQ, LGBTQ person, you're probably not as fortunate to have that 
next to you and by your side. So with the Out Foundation being able to promote and create these inclusive spaces, they're really just trying to kind of open up their arms to the LGBTQ plus folks to say, hey, listen, like if you have the fitness journey you want to go on, this is where you can go to feel safe in who you are. And it doesn't feel like they're, um, and I haven't you know followed them crazy close over the last few months, but one thing I keep reading is, you know, this huge debate that we're seeing online in the news around transgender athletes competing. And I don't get the sense that Out Foundation really cares about the competition side of CrossFit at all. Am I wrong in that or or right? No, they're they're more about opening up fitness inclusivity and equity to to all members of every community, right? Like obviously they are, you know, they want they want they want equality in the sport as well. Sure. But their their real grassroots effort is just about getting as many bodies into the fitness space um, as they can, um, and to support them through. You know, whether it's inclusive gym finders and setting up, you know, different educational pieces all the way up to scholarship, uh, a scholarship program that they do where they they pay for gym membership fees of LGBTQ plus people um, to, you know, give them that extra motivation to be able to get into the gym every single day. Yeah, I, I was explaining to someone I talked to Will about this at great lengths at some point, And, you know, it's we talked about it with you at the beginning where you're having to kind of lie to yourself or others for years before you come out. So imagine if you're a young teen and you can't come out and that's a very depressive state, fitness can help take you out of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, fitness is such a mood lifter and, and confidence builder and gives you skills that translates so many different ways that will then in turn help those kids come out, help them be more confident, make them less depressed less likely to do terrible things to themselves. Like that for me, that's why I was always passionate about that foundation because they're saving lives, not, yeah, not for, mm-hmm. you know, some political agenda or however you want to view it. It's just like, they're, they're taking young people and getting them into fitness and you're going to be hard pressed to convince me getting people into fitness is a bad thing for any reason yeah. whatsoever, you know? And that, that's the thing, right? It's just making fitness accessible to everyone that wants it. You know, and I think that's why what they're doing is so beautiful and why, why I really stand behind their, their mission so strongly. Yeah. Well, what you're doing is beautiful. Yeah, it is. And and it's a really lovely way to think about like meeting any opposition to that with love and kindness. Like, okay, so if you're, you've got questions about why we need this, or if you're opposed to this, that clearly means that you've never been in a scenario where you needed that safe space, nor have you seen an event happening within your gym where someone was made to feel unsafe. And so that's really lovely. And And I hope they never do. I hope hope nobody's ever in that situation. And that's, that's all I want people to understand, right? Like, None of what we're doing, and especially with the entire pride movement, is rooted in hate. It's literally the opposite, mm-hmm. right? Like the one of the big taglines of pride is love is love. Mm-hmm. And what I always tell people is from my perspective, and I think a lot of people agree, it's easier to love than hate, right? Like who feels worse after giving somebody a hug? Zero people. Right. But nope. like it takes effort to hate something or someone. Mm-hmm. And to be angry. It's exhausting. Nobody gets pissed off and then goes for a run. You get pissed off and then you want to take a nap. Yeah. Right. Like versus like if you're happy and loving and then giving that, 
that nourishment and encouragement to somebody, you feel better as well. You know, so that's why, like, I really think like it's easier to love than hate. Just like, I think a lot of people could, could really change a lot of good stuff in their lives. If they just kind of remember that, you know, it's, it's funny. And I appreciate that you're, you know, challenging people and educating people and doing these posts because it's making me think. And like, you know, I feel like I'm moderately progressive for whatever that's worth. Uh, I woke is what the right would call me, but you know, I'm like, I just, I'm, I feel like I'm caring. Right. And so now I own this affiliate. And so I'm, I've been thinking lately, am I doing enough? Mm. And I keep seeing this argument, you know, where what people are shouting online is we don't need to hear about your sexuality. Let's just do fitness. And I don't necessarily disagree with that to this point. Here's what I'm thinking about in the gym is, am I doing enough for that community to make them feel comfortable? Just like when we play music in the gym, am I cutting out the music that has F words in it? Because I have Christians in the gym that don't want to hear it. Yeah. Right. That's a fair point. If I have people that don't want to listen to music that has vulgar language, I should be cutting that out. If I have someone in the gym of, you know, whatever their sexuality is that is uncomfortable because of the bathroom situation or the way the showers are configured, I should address that, mm-hmm. right? Not because of their sexuality, but because it's the decent thing to do for the human that works out in your gym. Yeah. 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 I also think that, that saying, saying like, I don't want to hear about your sexuality. It takes away from loving a part of who that person is. Have you guys watched Ted Lasso yet? Uh, oh, dude, I love it so much. So much. It, Rob? I don't want to like give anything away. No, we spoilers. haven't seen it. Yeah. Okay. You can't, okay. you can't talk about what you want to talk about. Nikki It's the best part of the show. <sighs> okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I will just say that, like, I will just say that, like, we sometimes have this argument too, when we talk about people's ethnicities or the color of their skin, it's like, you can't say that you're blind to that kind of thing, or you can't say that you don't care. Like, okay, you're gay. Like, I really don't give a shit. Like I do care because I care about you and I care about the things that make up who you are. And so it's, it's almost passive to be like, Oh, I don't really give a shit. Like what you do, like whatever. Yeah. It's like, no, I do. I do give a shit because I, I care about the the components that make up the person that you are. And if one of those components is, you know, not quite literally like your sexuality, but like the, the, the type of relationship you're going to be in or the type of people you're interested in, or like, how am I going to play wing women for you when we go out for the, to the bar this weekend? <laughs> like all that matters because I give a shit about who you are as a person. And that's a part of you. Like, I don't really need to get granular about where you put your dick, but I care that that it's a part of what makes you you. And I don't think think it's fair to look past that stuff. That's the biggest problem, right? Is people automatically connect sexual orientation and sex. Yes. Right. They're two very different things, right? Totally. You know, Nikki, if I were to see you and your husband, sorry to admit, I wouldn't be thinking about what you guys do in the bedroom. That's fair. Right. Like yeah. just well, as we're I, an like, old married couple, so you know it's not that exciting. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's very vanilla. Mm-hmm. Very vanilla. Um, so but much it's missionary. Like, I see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna I be able to sleep tonight. I see <laughs> I see two adults who are married yeah. and happy. You know, that's what I expect people to see when they see Joey and I. But for some reason, it goes to sex. And that's just like that's so weird to me. It's to, so weird. Maybe you're just so hot that it always goes to that. Maybe that's probably that. Yeah. That would be a burden I could bear. Yes. (laughs) Maybe that's what it is. (laughs) But I think like that's really the biggest issue, right? They're, they're, 
they're automatically linking sexual orientation and sex, and they're just not the same thing. Well, yeah, you know, I've been seeing tons of pictures, obviously, of Matt and Sammy and her pregnant belly, and she's adorable. I saw her a few weeks yeah. ago at semis, and she looks absolutely stunning. Yeah. And nobody goes under those photos and goes, quit flaunting your sexuality, Matt. Like, no one does that. Exactly. They go, oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> right. No one's like, I know what you guys did. Like, yeah. right. I kind of right. want to now, though, just because. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't want the fittest man on earth mad at me. But, um, <laughs> but you know, you see, like, I saw a picture of Froning and his wife, Hillary, and they're beautiful. You know, yeah. but nobody does that. They just go, oh, it's a great it's a great photo of a loving couple. And that's what I like to see us get to. Whereas, I, you know, yeah. all the people looking at Rob and Joey and going, it's a loving couple. They look great. You know, yeah. that's it. You know, simple. Yeah, we got a lot of work to do, but you are Thank out you. there doing the Lord's work, Rob. I read your books, oh, my son, you. often. Uh, oh, I appreciate that. Like it just, you, everything that you're, everything that you're putting out into the world, I feel like is, is what we need right now. So like, thank you for doing all the things. No, thank you. That means a lot. You know, I mean, it does, it can get exhausting sometimes, you know, especially like being so outspoken and having a lot of different variations of comments and and messages. But, um, you know, ultimately like I do have to remind myself, like what I'm doing is it is good. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to spread a hateful message. I just want, I just want people to get along and, you know, I want us to all, you know, be in this fitness space and getting better and supporting each other. Well, imagine that. I appreciate that uh, your sense of humor and Rob and I often send messages back and forth via DM. <laughs> we do. We do. And uh, <laughs> stuff. So I, I absolutely appreciate it. I was actually thinking if you continue on this cut and you get your ab, you should change your screen name to world single ab. I think that'd be great. <laughs> World's gayest single ab. I feel World. like you need to stay on brand. Something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Stay on brand, but you know, world's gayest ab. I don't know if you could use that because the gay community is known for a lot of abs. There are a lot of abs. That's that's actually been my joke forever is that I couldn't be gay because I'm just never going to be fit enough. Like there's no (laughs) way I would ever be fit enough to be part of the gay community. Like I just, I don't want to work out that much. I just don't. Yeah. I don't blame you. It's true though. It's true. We'll we'll come up with a better name. We'll workshop the name. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) I want you sporting that single ab at the games, just walking around vendor village. That's the plan. Yeah, yeah. In a crop top, just living. Yes. Well, when do you when do you go back into training? Like when's your next So literally the week after the games? Oh shit. (laughs) Is when I'm gonna be um well actually no. I'll actually be in prep. So I just got invited to compete at the Deadlift World Championships um the first weekend of September. That's gonna be in Cardiff, Wales. Oh wow. Um so heading over there. So so I'll be I'll actually be starting my prep for that uh in the next week or so. So kind of coming off this cut, we'll be slowly increasing the calories, but the plan is to keep my body weight around like 275 for the year. Um, I feel like it's a really good spot where I can get stronger and stay fit um, and really be a better competitor. And then, you know, fingers crossed that those rogue invitation, the rogue invitational invites come across my email. That'll be great. And then um, I also will, I also will be competing at America's Strongest Man in November. Oh, cool. Where's that going to be? That's going to be in Orlando, Florida, which is obviously interesting considering the state of Orlando right now. So I'm going to be as gay as fucking possible when I roll Hell up. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Florida has their issues. There's no, no way around that. Yeah, no, it's fucking horrible. But 
we're going to have fun with it. I also think it's, it'd be a great big fuck you to DeSantis if a gay man wins America's Strongest Man in his state. Do it. Oh, my God. Do you it. have that's to That's the win. plan. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the plan. That's really what I'm putting all my eggs in the basket for this year is oh, to win that oh title. God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get to Rogue Invitational, so make sure you get your inv- invite to that. Is that- I'll, I'll, I'll talk to Bill and Katie, see what they can do. <laughs> there you go. Listen, I don't know if you know, but I'm pretty freaking strong. You're going to want me at your event. Yes, <laughs> yes you're going to want saying. me there. I yeah. love it. Well, dude, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you both. Yeah, super, this was fabulous. Super fun. Sorry we didn't uh, get to meet Joey, who I'm not even sure really exists since I've never met I him. I know. But, you know. Two podcasts now without him. Is he real? <laughs> just wondering. You'll just have to wait till August. The all-elusive all right. Joey Kearney. We're going we're gonna to meet Joey and Rob's new ab all at the same time. It's going to be great. It's going to be a lot. A lot, of, a lot of stimulation there. It will. I don't know if Ab Kearney and I are going to be as close as Joey and I, but we'll try. We'll try. I think that's the best name. Ab Kearney. That's ab Kearney. Ab I, might, I might just make a burner Instagram, Instagram right you should, now. It should have its own Instagram yeah. page. <laughs> and every, every day Vicky, the story posts do. Yeah, what's Ab Kearney doing today? That could be the Instagram post. It's like a crunch, a Tota bar. My hamstrings are too tight. I can't reach the bar with my toes. Oh, we need to work on that. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, if you get good at them, you could have two abs. You'd have a little twin brother there. Whoa! Whoa. Uh, I don't want to get crazy. Yeah, come on now. Yeah, let's not get nuts. a little much. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for joining, Rob. Appreciate it. Thank you both. I really appreciate it. Nikki, Nikki, did you ever tell me why you were so happy today, or was this why? This no, this was, was why. I was okay. excited to see you both. Yeah, right. just making just making sure there wasn't like some big reveal you're going to give me right at the end of the show. So no, all right, no. good to hear. <laughs> all right, well, we're great to see you, Nick. For everyone listening, appreciate you guys uh, joining, and we will catch you guys next week.